Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Fine Saturday matinee to you, Steve Sarmento. Oh, good morning. It's just the two of us for a while. It is. I think Andy is, uh, he's on athletic uh, AWOL, right? Athletic AWOL. Yes, we can call it that. Definitely without leave, for sure. It's like a very special edition of SatMat for the next few weeks. It's the (laughs) Nelson the SatMat. That's right. That's 
right. Uh, and, and nobody else, let's just say nobody else will get up this early. We've tried. No, we, yeah, we, we have. They just, and I, I talked to Tommy. We do, we record the other show. I'm doing what's that smell with Tommy. And he's always so apologetic. He's, but he, he's like, says to me, he looks, we do it on camera sometimes. And he looks at me, he says, I'm so sorry, man. It's just God, seven o'clock. It's just not my hour. It's just not my hour. <laughs> That's just, I'm not, it's not, not good. Okay. Well, I guess I'm just, That's fine. I, I, I'm a, I'll admit I'm a morning person. I just, you, Tommy you start his day are. at 10 or 11 a.m. or something. I don't, I don't understand I guess, these people. I guess. He's, he's so one of much people who's time shifted. He's entirely time shifted. He's, he's still operating in like high school mode where that's it's right. like, I'll be, I'll be up to two in the morning, <laughs> but I, I don't wake up till like 10. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. He's a, exactly he's a perpetual 16 right. year old Tommy. There we go. I'm, I'm now at that place. See, you've, you are, you're down one child now. Yes. I'm, I'm at that yeah. place where my, my children are. They're moving into that high school mode. My daughter's never really gotten there. She's, she definitely, you know, she's, she's up pretty early, but my son, he'll sleep till 11 now. And that just, he turned that, that just turned on this year. The new thing. Oh. Now see, but she gets up early because that's how you start the revolution. You got to get up to <laughs> Hunger Games camp before sunrise so that you can take down the system. That's right. You know, she's really she's she's so responsible now that she outshines her parents regularly. This <laughs> this morning, this morning she's got to meet today and she's got to be over at the high school. You know, she had to be over at the high school by seven thirty to get the bus to go to this meet across town. And uh, I said, yeah, I'll get up with you. I'll be sure to get up with you. You know, and you think as a parent, you're like, I'm going to get up. I'm going to make her a big breakfast. Everything will be great. And I just failed. I failed. So, so you're like, here's, here's a Pop-Tart. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm no, going back to I bed. I came downstairs a half hour late and she's already got this beautiful like dill eggs and toast. And she's she's made this incredible spread. Her lunch is made. And I forget she's she's a, a small adult at this point and really doesn't need me at all. Yes. That's yeah. You're, you're at the edge of that. Yeah. So what, that were, what, what were we talking about right before we we had our recording failure just a minute ago? We were talking about that, something that we needed to we needed to record, and then everything blew up. I don't know. It was either my cocaine or Reese Witherspoon or Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. That's right. That's right. Uh, my cocaine inception. If anybody's in the the uh, anybody who's in the Discord, you you have to go learn how to speak like Michael Caine. And Nick Langdon posted my favorite. Uh, so far, which is Michael Caine doing Michael Caine, and oh, then it's... Michael Caine doing Michael Caine doing Dudley Moore, which <laughs> I I don't have any. I I'd heard that you could do the the you could get voices for your uh, like Garmin, right? Yes, you could get oh, like yeah. Darth Vader yeah. and and apparently Michael Caine. Uh, but it's not directions. Michael. Ca it's not Michael Caine. It's somebody doing a a poor man's version of Michael Caine, apparently, <laughs> which is enough, really. Yes. He's he's the accent I forgive the most because he's it's just it's funny all the time. It's See, funny. I would just love for one of the studios to just pull quotes from their film catalog that would be appropriate for navigation. So it wouldn't. I mean, if you could pull off it was somebody with you know a long career like Michael Caine, you could probably pull off audio clips from out of his career like "Turn Left Now." Yeah, uh, right, right. You know of of that. So it's it's not them having to come in and read canned lines just whole great moments it's out of great movies from movies and then yeah. it's effectively bumblebee right 
It's effectively no. Bumblebee giving you directions. It's like yes. he's insinuating oh. directions through lines that are roughly directional. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess that's what I'm doing. Oh. Right? When you put it that way, it sounds so less. Boy. Yeah. Boy, oh. this has really gone south. <laughs> Yes. This whole operation's a shit show. It's, it's all gone <laughs> south. Yes. Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't even know what that was from, but I'm sure he said something like that. <laughs> and then yes. you have to turn south. You see what, it, yes. you see what I've done there? Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> um, uh, we, have, we actually have a busy morning this morning. Uh, yeah, it's, busy it's like a because three-hour show we've got It's going. a three-hour show because Andy made us double up on lists because we made a promise that we were going to do a list. And then uh, you had you got had to sleep in, I think. Was I was, it was burned out from a rough week. There was no way I was getting up and functioning. Yes. Okay. I, I'll just, I was going to leave it at Steve had to sleep in. That's uh, fine. The, the young prince had to sleep in. <laughs> Andy was doing his athletic thing. And for me, when both of you were out, I thought, well, that's, I'm not going to monologue it. So, uh, that was that was last week. We skipped last week and now we have to double up. And so we have two lists today. Yes, I am not. I did not bring two trailers. I did not either. I thought that okay. was that. Was That's overkill. Much. That's a yes. bridge too far. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I, though, I thought, did we record two separate shows? We do. Like, oh, no, this is a, one show. show one no, uh, yeah, I know. And I thought, no, no, we, we don't have time. We don't have time for those shenanigans. It's no, just hit that button and go. And then That's we'll exactly how you would it, describe it, that. Shenanigans. Yes. Sometime around Sh- noonish or something. Hooliganish. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, do uh, first, do we have any uh, major news that we want to talk about? Anything that, that you brought? All I brought is movies. I have no news. I, I, I have no news. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I've watched recently i haven't made it out to the theaters and it, it's sort of a, a dry spell although my my wife did see that uh anna kendrick blake lively paul feig movie the, Heard good things about that yeah and she said it was it was really good and she watched the trailer and said oh wow they're they're marketing it this way uh, yeah interesting so she said it's it's a really dark comedy uh more comedy than you would think from the trailer so uh one that people have been enjoying i guess so, all right. That's I need something to, I need to get yeah. it on the list. Yeah, get it on the list, but because otherwise it's sort of a dry spell before Oscar season. I yeah. think uh, we are. Well, I guess as we record this, uh, we we just we're, we're still in the middle of our uh, 1968 crime films, and I think it was uh, what was it that went live. This week was Coogan's Bluff. Coogan's Bluff, yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I have now finished all of the movies in this series. Have you, have you seen these movies? No. We've got uh, Targets, Coogan's nope. Bluff, The Detective, nope. Danger, nope. Diabolic. Nope, nope, nope. It's, it's, it's an interesting list. And it's one that I yeah. want to, you know, I, I, I took that time off from the apes, you know, thing you guys did and said, yeah, I, d- I don't need to see those again. Uh, but this one is a, a lot of films that I have not heard of, but I'm intrigued. So this is it's giving me something to add to my watch list as I can if I can track these down. So I, although... I definitely think you should see 75 percent of the movies on that list. <laughs> maybe okay. I, I'm going to give you maybe I could even go 65. 
you oh. definitely should see 65 percent of the movies on that list. Wait, wait how did how did you, how many films are on this list do you need four, four. How, do, how, but, how do i get to 65 oh so yeah that, that 65 is the emotional connection that i want you to actually bring to that last movie i, I struggled okay. with it andy really liked it okay. uh, but uh yeah no danger diabolic was uh not 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 as much of my cup of cup of tea oh okay uh, but and and Coogan's Bluff, we both agreed was was not not great, and we have we've already been told that we took it too seriously or something. That... Well, see, okay, well, you know, going back to the Predator, apparently everybody hates movies, and I just you know never hate anything. So <laughs> no matter how much of a trash fire you guys think it is, <laughs> I will still find a way to enjoy it. So yeah, I you know, and and honestly. I had a friend that went and saw uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, and he was just like, this movie is ludicrous. And I said, well, yeah, it's Mission Impossible, and you know, it's just ri ridiculous. And I thought, you know, I, I think I'm at a, either a point in my life or just the way the world is now where I'm just so angry on a daily basis during the day that when I go see a movie, I don't want to be frustrated and angry because I feel that way just watching the news. So totally. I, I'm, I'm much more forgiving in entertainment because I know there's an attempt to entertain me. So I will just, I will, I guess, hungrily latch onto that and say, yes, yes, please take me with you. I, I want to have fun and just go and endure whatever and say, you know, but this is fun. This is fun. I'm having a good time. So right. Maybe I will enjoy. Did, did I have some more. good snacks? Did I have some notable snacks yeah. at the movie <laughs> that maybe can buoy a lot of trash? Well, you, you know, if I get out, you, well, you've been here. You know the Harkins popcorn and the quality of that popcorn. So I I've have to tell you, I've never you. been more impressed by a uh, a a food, a confession, a concessionary establishment than than at Harkins. The the reward programs, the cups, like I just we yeah. don't have that. Yeah. It's all locally homegrown here, so you just need to, yeah. you know, get a your own personal jet and fly down here for movies. I mean, we didn't even get to, you know, we <clears throat> for Patreon, you know, we need to maybe set up a, a reward because there's the one theater, and I think it's where we were. They have the secret room where it's like you can rent it out for like I think it's like nine hundred dollars. You get it for like two hours, and it's like. They've got a secret. You go through like a freezer door into this little hallway, and they've got a s little small size like home theater what? system. But it's Harkins that operates, and you can rent it out. Uh, and it's got all the stadium seating, I think, in there, and all that. You've got food and all this stuff. So it's like you can you can pick any movie, and you rent out the place, and you throw a little personal party there. But it's run. And there's a the team theater. of staff people, and they're like fanning you with giant olive leaves. <laughs> Like is that? Well, I I don't know if, the, if that, that that may be an option on the on the little <laughs> list of things. You know, the emperor package maybe I don't know. Yeah, but that's what I'm hoping for. But you get the you get the you get all the food and the the, the nice popcorn and a nice theatrical experience, and it's you don't have to worry about like the dog running through the room while you're you know watching or the you know neighbors you know banging on the door. What are you doing in there? It's so loud. Turn it down. Yeah right. yeah. right. Wow. All right. Well, I, I they they do it right. That's one thing they that do, they, they, they they absolutely do right. In we Arizona. take our entertainment seriously here in Arizona. Seriously. Not Again, much else, but because that's I think about you're it. not you're not alone. Everybody is just so angry all the time that they have to take their theater going mm -hmm. experience very seriously. Yes.
Yes. Right. So, so what are we do doing tra- with trailers? Let's it's do trailers. A, yeah. You didn't. I, you I, didn't. You didn't pick the thing that I thought you were going to pick. What did you think I was going to pick? Well, we were off, so I figured you were going to be all like Marvel tastic. I know. I know. You went, I, I you, knew you, that you would. You would think that. So but I. But then to I thought. I thought. Oh no! Did I set the tone? I I did my trailer pick, and then Pete's like, "Well, I can't go ridiculous with that because he's picking something serious." So now I'm going to have to do something serious, and we're all like brooding, artsy political statements <laughs> here now. I no, I'm going to go first because uh, I yeah. picked my trailer before I watched your trailer. Oh, okay. Uh, I just knew. Right. Don't watch Steve's trailer because I'll probably want to pick it. And true to form. <laughs> I did. So I'd like to tell you about my trailer, uh, which is uh, it's a film called Nigerian Prince. Uh, And ah, I I. So do you remember? Do you listen to Reply All the podcast? Oh, oh, yes. Yes. Okay. so do you remember the episode where he followed the the scammer to wherever he was? Oh, it's a call about the software in India. Yeah. Yeah, He goes to India. India, Yes. Oh, it's a brilliant episode. Oh, it's, yes. it's like a two-parter, and it's just yes. riveting. It's positively oh, yeah. riveting, because what business do these guys have, like, pulling on this thread? But they pull on yeah. it, and they pull it so hard, oh. and it actually goes and meets his scammer. And I found it just really, I mean, it's devastatingly compelling podcasting. And uh, so then I see this movie, and I realized, wow, I'm super into these stories where you have a kid who uh, he is sent to Nigeria for some reason that in the trailer makes mom feel really maniacal. Uh, yes. But he's he's shipped off to Nigeria to stay with family, and he hooks up with his cousin, I guess, and it turns out the cousin is a Nigerian scammer. He's the guy who's sending all of the Nigerian prince emails, or, you know, he's, he's part of it. Uh, and so this is a story, It's it seems like a... A smaller film, a small story about this kid and his relationship to, um, you know, what's going on in um, kind of Nigerian email crime, I guess. Uh, But it comes uh, as something that was uh, highly recommended to me that um, I ended up getting a note from a friend who has seen the movie and said that it is something that is worth seeing. It is a it presents a really interesting narrative um that is uh, that that tells the other side of this story not just about you know all the white people who receive spam emails uh but this is about the the lives and lifestyles of people over there who turn to this you know this particular lifestyle why do they do it and uh it, it actually is an interesting drama it it does uh cruise right over the six star uh, rating on IMDb, so that gives me hope. It's a 6.8 out of very few reviews. Not very many people have seen it, uh, but but I found myself really interested in it. And and from the trailer, I wasn't entirely sure what to expect. There are a lot of uh, motivations that are sort of set out from central characters in the movie that I'm I'm not entirely sure, uh, you know, if how they're going to make good on all of those motivations, how they're going to make those feel uh, redeemed. And um, so I, it makes me super curious. Uh, comes with a bunch of people that I have never seen, but they look great. Antonio J. Bell and uh, Chinaza Uche and Tina Mba and uh, Bimbo Manuel as kind of the central cast. Uh, and uh, there you go. What did you think? How did it hit you? Oh, it, it looks 
really compelling. This is a, a genre that's sort of like right in that area of things I love, particularly the, the moment that really got me was the moment where our Niger- Nigerian scammers having a conversation with like a, a police officer or, or, or some government official. And, you know, clearly he's run afoul of them several times, but they're asking, you know, is, is he scamming the American cousin and so it gets mm-hmm. into this you know the the larger con it, and who it, scans is, who scams the scammer right and it, yes who's scamming who what's going on what's what's real what's what's con what's going on and i i love films because when that is is done well it's really rewarding for me because it, it it rewards a second viewing to see how well it can set everything up and and is it really showing its hand but you don't see it the first time so i'm i'm really interested in this and the fact that you can find a new way to tell this type of story something that's that's relevant that people can connect to and showing again that that other side of it so yeah i'm i'm really excited about this but i i don't know when this is is this going to be a direct-to-video thing? Is this I, hitting theaters? I, I don't know. Uh, okay. it, it is floating around. Uh, it it ran at uh, Tribeca uh, in April of this year, and so it's it is floating around. But it has uh, I have no release date at this point, and and so uh, I don't know. Keep an eye out for it though, because it looks it looks like something that might uh, might just be worth seeing. Oh yeah, if this if this hits streaming in the next couple months, this is one that JJ. And I will jump on because this is right in that mind bender oh, totally. type of thing that he really loves. And I think this would be a really good one to talk yeah. about. So, yeah, yeah. I'm hopeful. Uh, so that's it. Nigerian Prince. Yeah. Uh, keep an eye out for it. It is out there. What's yours, Stevie? Oh, I'm just doing, you know, your your regular, you know, biopic of historical living <laughs> American figures. <laughs> I, You know... <sighs> I'm torn about this one. Uh, a couple of things after watching the trailer. Uh, so this is on the basis of sex, which is the story of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her struggles for equal rights and the things she had to overcome in order to become a U.S. Supreme Court justice, which to me is really timely with everything that's going on. This is uh, well, what really caught me uh, with this one was we've we've talked about Army Hammer and just yeah. how he just I don't know he's he's always like under the radar and just in just great performances, but people forget, I think. And so I, I just waiting for this guy to find like those perfect roles. And this is one that I know he's going to pull off really well as, as Marty Ginsburg. Uh, but we've got Felicity Jones, you know, and as, as Ruth Ginsburg, uh, Kathy Bates, Sam Waterston, we've got a lot of recognizable names and faces to this, it is uh, from uh, first-time writer Daniel Steepleman. But uh, what I'm really excited about is this is sort of the the return to the big screen uh, for for Mimi Leader, who has done a lot of TV, but hasn't really done anything on the big screen since I think it was like Pay It Forward back in in 2000. Uh, but she's been doing lots of TV, so I. There's there's moments in this trailer that make me think, oh, oh, this this looks like it could just come across as a made for TV movie just put on the big screen. So I'm I'm concerned about that uh, aspect of it. Is this a story that is really going to play well on the big screen? Uh, It is coming out Christmas Day. So I think 
audiences are going to show up for it, but I just have concerns of, is it going to be a big enough story? Is it going to be cinematic enough? Or is it going to feel like I'm just watching TV in the theater? But I think this, I picked this, this is an important story to tell. It's just really timely with everything going on. And I'm looking forward to see uh, Felicity Jones carrying this movie. I am too. I, I, I don't know. I, I, to your point about Army Hammer, I, you know, finding those, you know, whatever it is that, you know, what, what's his sweet spot? I, I don't know. I feel like it, it, your, your point is right on. Like you, you sort of don't remember. And yet you go back and look at the movies he's been in. And from the social network, everything that I've seen him in, I really, really like. And uh, so it, it's, it's, you know, and I can't imagine anybody else doing the part. It feels like a, an army hammer part. Um, you know, man from uncle to nocturnal animals, to free fire, to call me by your name to, I mean, he's, and you know, sorry to bother you, um, which was really weird, (laughs) but suddenly feels like the sweet spot for army hammer. Right. Yes. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm right with you. Uh, and, and yet, uh, yeah, I, he's, he's mercurial. He's, he's a puzzle. Uh, Felicity Jones, uh, I, you know, I adored her in the theory of everything. I feel like I was, um, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I was a bit of an, on a bit of an Island with that. I think there were, I, I that was a, a terrific movie in my book. And I think there were folks in our circle who did not agree with me. I'm not, I don't remember. Were you on the, on camp theory of everything or no? Still haven't seen that one. Oh, okay. I'm sure. I think that you'll like it. In my head, oh, you're yeah. going to be with me on that one. Um, that was when they got. It was the whole. It was that year. It was the. It was that one, and then the. What was it? The imitation game, and I was yeah. like, oh, we've got two scientists. It was just I kept getting them confused. I said, well, I need to watch these significant periods of time apart so I don't keep getting them confused. But and you did me. see the imitation game? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. I did see that one. So now, time for theory of everything. But yeah, and it's, I, worth, it's worth seeing. She's great. And I, know, I think she's great. And I know that she took some flack, I think, in our Rogue One discussion. There were some people that did not love her in, uh, in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. But I, I did. Uh, I was in yeah. the favor. I, I was in favor of her in that movie. I thought yes. she was terrific uh, as Jen Erso. So I, I really love what she brings to these parts. And so I'm seeing her as, you know, the notorious RBG. Uh, I'm. Yes. I'm very excited about it. And I immediately texted it to my daughter. I said, you got to see this. And, and, you know, because she's my daughter, I got many uh, emojis uh, in return that were enthusiastic and shocked emojis. Yes. Uh, and so I, I think it just looks terrific. This cast, I can't, it's, it's one of these films, Sam Watterson, Stephen Root, Kathy Bates. Yeah. Uh, it just looks terrific. So let's do it. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, Christmas. You gotta, you gotta wait for oh, Christmas. 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 Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Yes. Man, there's a lot. I mean, the weight of responsibility on her shoulders and on Mimi Leader's shoulders to do this movie right is yeah. heavy. Oh, yeah. Heavy. All right. All right. That's, so there's the trailers. Now it's time to do list number one. Okay. And this is the... Movies inside of other movies. Movies inside. So people watching movies in a movie. Yes. Okay. The, yeah. the okay. The movie inception thing. Okay. Yeah, so I'm movie, in a movie watching exactly a movie. Right. Okay. There were a couple different ways to go with this. And I, I tried to be fairly strict with watching the movie is sort of an important part 
of the of the movie, not just oh somebody like you know walks past the TV and there's a movie playing, or they just mm-hmm. walk past a movie mm-hmm. theater or they, there's oh, a brief scene. I, I tried I've, to. I've done something I, horrible here. No, I I just tried to. Oh, you did something horrible. I, I did something horrible. Hold on, I I press play on a thing and I should not have pressed play because the volume was way too loud. Okay, now you no, go ahead. Now you, you can't even hear me. You tried to be strict. I cr- oh I yes I tried to yes okay so I tried to be in approaching this list I tried to be really strict with people watching the movie is a important part of the story or, or it's a central part of the story not just people walking past a TV that's playing a movie or there's a small scene that might take place in a movie I tried to make the movies you know watching the movie an important part of the story so yes. I, I I went that that way with it because i thought there's just you know oh there's a movie in a movie you know yeah so i tried to say it's it's got to be an important part of it which did get me into a little bit of a twist and into movies that are about making movies and and there's parts where they're watching the movie that they're making so it's there's so many layers it's like an onion it's got layers it's a riddle wrapped inside a twinkie Yes, it, uh, I I ran into that and I set myself some very strict rules and I immediately started to break them as soon as I started picking movies. So uh, there we have it. Would uh, would you like to uh, do the honors on this one? Sure, I'll go first on this one, and I I'm going to start with one. I, I I think in our family we consider this a guilty pleasure because I think it's it's often overlooked and it's it's very insidery. Uh, but there is just this great scene where. They're watching. This gets into the we're a movie about making a movie, but the scene where they're actually watching the footage of the movie is just brilliant and genius. And this is uh, America's Sweethearts with just an amazing cast: John Cusack, uh, Julia Roberts, Billy Crystal, Christopher Walken, um, Seth Green in there. It's it's a movie about America's Sweethearts. A romantic, you know, got these leads in a romantic movie and they're, they've gone through a divorce and they're coming back together and they've hired Christopher Walken, who's this like crazy director to like make this movie uh, with, oh, and I forgot Catherine Zeta-Jones. So you got John Cusack and Catherine Zeta-Jones as the like favorite romantic comedy leads and they're in this movie directed by Christopher Walken, who's just off the reservation, crazy nuts. He's living in a, in the shack that the Unabomber lived in. He somehow bought that. And that's where he wrote and scripted this movie that he's uh, directing them in. And the scene when he actually starts to show the footage for the big press junket is just hysterical. So that's my, my first pick. I, uh, You've never seen it. Have you? <laughs> I don't know what to say. Great pick, Steve. I'll add it to the list. <laughs> oh no. You hate that movie. Don't you? Oh, no, no, I, I actually have never oh, seen it. So you've I never don't seen know. it. Oh, no. okay. It's no, it's not for everybody. It's very insidery. And I, I think, uh, some people just write it off, but there's a, a lot of great moments in there. And, uh, I've, I've pulled clips from each of my picks for this one of what I feel are these key moments. So I've got some clips that we can put Excellent. in the show notes. My, <laughs> my, well, let's just start with my pick. Do you uh, have any idea? Do you, could you possibly imagine where I'm going to start with my pick, given your, our history on this show? What, with a Woody Allen pick? 
<laughs> yes, Steve. Yes, it's a Woody Allen pick. I and I had already given up on my drive to to uh, my charge to bring a Woody Allen movie to every uh, every list that we do, but this one I could not resist. Okay, it is the Purple Rose of Cairo. Oh yes, yes. I mean, you you kind of have to do this when, when oh yeah. Uh, Jeff Daniels walks out of the screen for the for the first time. It's uh, it, it well going to the movie is pretty central to the plot. And uh, so Purple Rose of Cairo. I know. I know there's mixed feelings about Woody Allen. I my feelings are not mixed about Woody Allen. Uh, and yet I still choose this movie. <laughs> so no, uh, it's, you, can, you can love the art without loving the artist. How about that? Yes, I, I agree. And I yeah, this one showed up my list. I said, no, Pete's going to take this one. I know. And it's been a long time since I've seen it. But I remember the first time just loving the concept and the second time looking at just the commentary of when yeah. the audience is sitting there because you know jeff daniels has left the screen his character's left and so the rest of the characters are just sitting around like making small talk there's not a lot going on and the audience is showing up uh to just they're still in the theaters like riveted by just you know what is this ordinary life going on are people just sitting around and so what is that saying about uh art and entertainment and all of those things but uh, such a yeah. such a great great pick yes i you know if you haven't seen it it's one that's that's worth seeing and uh even if you don't love it that, that's okay give it a oh, shot no. yes it, it's it's i'm not a huge woody allen fan i would say this is one that's that's worth uh worth checking out it's it's lighter woody allen fair it's yeah definitely set the set the yeah. artist aside from the art in this one this yep. was back in like 87 i believe 85 85 oh 85. wow yeah okay but it's a great cast mia yes. farrow danny aiello obviously mm -hmm. jeff daniels uh, it's it's good it's good yes all right all right number two steve number two. Oh, i'm going with another one that i think is is long forgotten but still just is worth seeing uh Way back in 1993, Joe Dante directed a little film uh, with John Goodman and Kathy Moriarty called Matinee. And this was uh, set, set. Have you seen this? I don't think so. Are you you're two for two for me? <laughs> OK, so this is so John Goodman. This is set like right around the time of the Cuban Missile Crisis. And John Goodman plays this uh, like studio producer who I forget. The guy that he's modeled on, uh, the guy that invented uh, what the that electrocuted the seats in the theater for the movie The Tingler, so people oh, would like yeah, feel yeah, yeah. yeah. So his character is modeled on that. So he's got a a new movie uh, called Mant that's coming out out about you know nuclear testing and you know man and ant get combined and so it's about Mant. Uh, so he's in this small town to promote his new film, and meanwhile you've got these things going on with the Cuban, Cuban Missile Crisis. And our, our main character is a, is a teenage boy. So you've got all the stuff of just growing up as a teenager and this girl he likes in high school and, and all this. It is a solid 6.8 on IMDb. So it is definitely worth checking out. Uh, but there's a, a great scene where uh, you actually see the trailer uh, for Mant. So the kids are in the theater watching and you see the, you know, John Goodman, you know, on screen, introducing and explaining his movie Mant and how he's going to be traumatizing the audience. Uh, but a great little PG comedy wow. classic. You don't get a lot of good PG movies right. anymore. This is perfect for family movie night. Excellent. I'm sure Tommy will be thrilled. <laughs>
didn't even think of that. Right. <laughs> oh, Tommy, I apologize. Uh, yeah. So, uh, number number two for me is you know it's one that uh, kind of crosses the line, but there is a theater going experience in it. Uh, it is one we have, I believe we've talked about on this very show. I am choosing it here because I'm celebrating it because when it was picked, uh, I hadn't seen it in years and years and years. And I had kind of a lousy memory of it. And, and I thought I didn't like it all that much. Turns out I, I like it quite a bit. That is Bowfinger. Uh, it, it is the story of Bowfinger as he tries to make this movie through a just a, a nest of lies and uh, and it twists and turns. And at the very end, he is able, Steve Martin is able to um, to blackmail <laughs> a number of parties into getting his movie made and they all go to the premiere and he sits way up front in the corner and it is still a magical experience of uh steve martin watching his own movie uh on the big screen and i i have a great time at this movie uh in this movie i love eddie murphy playing his own twin and uh it's it, it's just uh it, it it's a hoot i love that movie so yeah. much there are so many oh, you just mentioned bowfinger and i've got like three or four scenes just oh that i i love about that film all so these drive all yeah. these cars they're all stunt drivers yes <laughs> stunt drivers <laughs> oh okay yes. no I, I i love the the little sort of you know minor arc with the film crew which is he goes down to the border opens up the van and his guys are coming across the border he just grabs like three guys in the back of the van and then later on they're sitting around they're talking in spanish about like the godfather and apocalypse now and they're just like great cinematographer it's just it's a great movie frank oz this is just spot on perfect comedy especially yeah. if you love movies have ever you know been involved in any aspect of of filming something uh you're just gonna love sort of his his hacks that he has for getting some of these things done uh, oh it's really it, it is yes. it's perfect the yes. you know making heather graham go and uh, you know from shooting from across the street in the trees <laughs> making her go up to his house <laughs> chase the car i mean it's just there's yes. some fantastic uh you know guerrilla filmmaking moments oh yeah the uh the high heels on the dog is one of my favorites when they're in the parking <laughs> so garage in the parking garage yeah <laughs> yes. it's great it's great uh, so oh. that's it, Bowfinger for me. What's okay. your uh, what's your number one pick for movies in a movie? Oh, okay. So we've been on the lighter side of things. So I'm going a little bit more serious with this one, and I think this is one that actually made me cry in the theater as a as a teenager, which was not something that happened a lot. Um, there there are uh, again separating you know films from some of the people uh, behind them. But I'm going to have to go with 1990, I'm sorry, 1988's uh, Cinema Paradiso, which is the, for me, the moment at the end of the film when our adult uh, sort of main character sits down and it is all the segments of all the kissing scenes that have been spliced out of the films and they are all compiled together and he's sitting there watching them is just one of the most powerful cinematic movie experiences I had. Uh, I've had in in the theater uh it's a powerful story about film and audiences and, and censorship uh so when we talked about people watching movies in a movie uh this for me is is at the top of the list well steve 
now we have I we've gone from I haven't seen any of Steve pick, Steve's picks to a deeply uh moving steal. Uh this is also my uh number 1 and uh, you know it's also a film about friendship and yes. this this yeah. sort of intergenerational friendship I think is just so powerful uh in this movie. You're absolutely right. Uh I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of this movie and it was it was actually the first movie that came up in my mind when we when we ended up seeing sealing this one as our yeah as one of our lists was cinema paradiso so uh that puts me in a, a tough spot because my backup pick is one that i i think you could say breaks some of the rules but not the spirit uh and it's definitely not in the same uh genre uh and and that is be kind rewind mm. I, yes. I okay this was one of those movies that, uh, you know, it was, it's a Jack Black movie before he was kind of Jack Black. Uh, and I I found myself really, um, uh, really, really uh, moved by this movie, too, because it it is a movie about people who love movies so much uh, that they're willing to do anything with no resources to actually uh, make movies and the the whole idea of re retelling these stories on the cheap uh, I, I think is uh, it, it just reminds me so much of my childhood and of course it, it also uh, hinges on a technology which is no longer around uh, like what what are my kids going to do uh, you know, and they've never seen this movie. So what are they going to do when they look at videotapes? Like that's not even a thing that's floating around their school <laughs> anymore. Uh, and and so I, I find that really great. I also uh, really like most deaf, you know, Yasin Bey now, I guess. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I miss seeing him in more movies. And um, uh, so also Mia Farrow's in it. So it's, you got to come back yes. around to to Mia Farrow is a, is a nice little uh, nice little circle of life. Well, so. and you you have to love a movie like this for creating the whole concept of the Sweden film. Yeah. Of let's let's recreate a movie with zero budget and it just created this whole, you know, sort of viral concept of people, you know, filming themselves, reenacting these movies and posting them on, on YouTube, uh, getting people to be creative and, and celebrating that say, you don't need to have a big budget. You can just love movies and you can do that. And then there's an audience for that. And people sharing that, uh, was, is a, is a great thing. And I think yeah. there's, it's, it's still out there. And even there was, a, a a website where they were taking the star Wars movies. Well, you know, the original trilogy and mm -hmm. they were breaking it down into, I want to say it was 15 or 20 second segments. And basically everybody was assigned. You could sign up and you could either pick your, your segment or it would be assigned to you. And you basically filmed that 15 seconds. You would do your own version of it and then they edited it all together. So you have, you know, star Wars, a new hope in 15 second segments where everybody's done their own version. So some people are doing it, you know, stop motion animation. Some people are doing it in their backyard. Some people are doing, you know, with advanced computer graphics, uh, but basically get to see a whole fan created version of 
I know they did the first two. I don't know if they got to Return of the Jedi, but no, again. they haven't gotten to Return of the Jedi. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's StarWarsUncut.com. Yes. You can go yes. find it. They they cut the movie into the clips. You claim the scene, and <laughs> their tagline is, "We all become famous in the best films ever." Yes, uh, all by 15 seconds. You can get a new hope, and the Empire Strikes Back, uh, and uh, it's just it's just great. It's just yes, it's a great thing yeah. to exist. But I think that you know exists because of you know, be kind, rewind of giving yeah. people that, you know, that freedom and, and people embracing that. So yes, no, that's a great, great pick as well. And that takes us, uh, to, uh, our, to our next list, right? That's it. That's, that's our, that's our big movie and a movie list. That's the movie and a movie list, which is a right. really good list. I'm enjoying all of those films. Yes. Me too. But all now right. we're what going did, right into what your did they backyard. Do to us? Yeah. What did they do to us? I don't, I don't, I think, I, I think this that, is, that this is what happens when we put it in the hands of the people. We need to run this, you know, <laughs> we need to, we, do you know what we need on discord and in Patreon? More authoritarianism. Yes, exactly. That's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. this was, I, I'm glad they picked this because it actually, I ended up with two lists because, you uh, end up with two lists. Well, because if you know anything about Arizona and, uh, there was just an article about this, um, because of uh, the uh, Star is Born film, the one with, with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper mm -hmm. that's coming out. Uh, apparently in the, that story, Bradley Cooper's character is from Arizona. So there's some scenes in the trail you can see where they're on a stage, there's an Arizona flag, all of this stuff. And in our local paper, they're like, yeah, this, this great, you know, movies coming out, uh, you know, with ties to Arizona. None of it is filmed in Arizona. Uh, since 2010, uh, the whole tax credit thing got got scrapped by either the governor or the legislature here. And so the number of movies that are actually shot in Arizona has drastically declined. So what I have is actually Arizona movies. I've got some entertaining movies that are actually shot in Arizona. And then I have movies that are some of my favorite movies that are set in Arizona. Okay, but not shot in Arizona. Uh, yes, exactly. Or they may only have a small bit, but it's usually another state that's masquerading as Arizona in these films. Okay, all right. All right, well, I, I, however you want to present your list, whatever makes the most sense to you to get all six of your movies, you big cheater, uh, I'd leave that up to you. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to actually go first on this one because yes. you have already effectively stolen it uh, and that is a star is born but not the bradley cooper one okay uh, i'm talking about chris Christopherson and barbara streisand because uh tempe and tucson feature mm -hmm. heavily in the movie in fact the, uh, yes. the big concert scene is at sun devil stadium and when he's got yes. the motorcycle and he's doing his donuts and and um it's uh it it, it is a, a great showcase of the fine extras of arizona Yes. Uh, a Star is Born 1976. Is that yes. right? Yeah. Exactly. There yes. you go. And, so, and, that, and that was in the article. They said, yeah, when they did this back, you know, Barbara Streisand, here she is at Sun Devil Stadium. When you're going to shoot a movie in Arizona or you're going to set a movie in Arizona, shoot it in Arizona. So, yes. yes. I, I don't know if the others uh, have an Arizona. Were, yeah. Were Arizona 1937, 1954. I don't know if they had uh, uh, Arizona uh, in them. Uh, I don't but, know that Arizona was anything but desert in 1930, whatever. 37. It had yeah, only been a, it, it it been a state for, yeah, it had been a state for like 
just over 20 years. Six so. or seven hours. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, we, it's, <laughs> so. it'll be interesting. I know this is, this is high on our list once uh, the Cooper thing comes out this weekend as we record this. Um, the, uh, I, I think Andy has been uh, gunning to get all, to do a series of Star is Born movies and do all four of them. Oh, yeah. In, in a yeah. row. So that should be, should be fun. Okay. There you go. Star is Born, 1976. Tempe. Okay. Yeah. See, you just, you, you hit it. You hit an Arizona, set in Arizona, filmed in Arizona. And I, I don't have eyes. So it's like you're, 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 you're combining two things that I've kept separate. So okay, there you excellent. Go. All right, excellent. So, so where, where do you begin then? Well, I guess I will. I will start I, when it comes to Arizona um, and movies shot in Arizona. I wanted to get really local with this one, so I'm I'm picking a film that has strong ties to this podcast. Yes. So is this a documentary is, about Sheriff Joe Arpaio? <laughs> no, it is not. I, 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 I keep the documentaries off the off the list. Oh, that's uh, a third list. <laughs> <laughs> documentaries about how messed up Arizona is. Yes. Uh, no, this is a uh, 2007, a little horror comedy film that is uh, about a company uh, that is basically all the employees are vampires and. Sort of the, the CEO has uh, has this condition where he's forgotten that he's a vampire and is starting to like overhaul the company, bring in new employees, and it's causing some stress for the you know vampiric uh, employees. Of wait a second, this isn't the way things are supposed to work. This is uh, Nether Beast Incorporated, which was uh, shot here in Arizona, and actually Andy Nelson of this very podcast was a co-producer on this film. But it's uh, the the directors, producers, all sort of a, a local Arizona production. It is a horror comedy just below the 6.0 on IMDb. comes in at a 5.8. But you look at this cast, you've got Steve Burns, Steve from Blue's Clues, Daryl Hammond, Dave Foley, Judd Nelson. It's a, you know, a middling comedy. It's it's worth checking out. It's available out there. I checked it out on online from my live from my library at through hoopla. So it, it's out there. If you're in for a little quirky vampiric comedy, uh, this is a, uh, and you want to support, uh, Arizona film productions from the early two thousands. Uh, there you go. That's my <laughs> Judd <that's>, Nelson. <laughs> yes. But my, Judd my, Nelson. my, for my, I guess I'll say my, my other, you know, set in Arizona movie, I'm going to go with, Three Ten to Yuma because it has Yuma in the title, and I think it was actually maybe a small part of it filmed in Arizona. But that's my Arizona because Nether Beast. I don't think there's anything specific in the story that says, "Oh, this is Arizona." It could be taking place anywhere, but it was. I got to promote my produced in Arizona movies, but for movies about things happening in Arizona, Three Ten to Yuma, Christian Bale, Russell Crowe, just love that movie. Excellent. That is a great pick. And it was it, it it made my list. It just didn't make the top three. OK. All right. My number two is one that I, I'm pretty sure one of us has actually picked before, but I'm doing it again because any opportunity to talk about this movie, uh, I know it makes some in our uh, in our group of uh, fine patrons more excited than others. And so I'm taking low-hanging fruit. I'm chumming the water 
so to okay. speak. Anytime you can make Phoenix and Tucson uh, shine in end of the world chic, uh, I, I celebrate that. And here I'm celebrating in, in 1995's Rachel Talalay uh, spectacle tank girl. Uh, which uh, was <laughs> shot in Arizona. And, uh, you know, this is one of those things. Lori Petty and Ice-T and Naomi yes. Watts. I, I, I like that. The more we talk about it, the more I like it. Uh, because memory is fantastic. I, I've chosen yes. not to watch it again oh, because yes. I don't want to ruin that. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, but yeah. yes, Tank Girl shows off, uh, shows off Arizona uh arizona dystopian um she <laughs> it does and it's you one should that be so proud <laughs> i i am because it's one that i love but i i know i don't want to watch because because of memory that i know that seeing that in the theater in 1993 five. or five yep yes was a specific thing and now oh no probably probably not not so well uh but yeah, yeah, that's uh, thank you for bringing that to the list. That was it not on yours? No, that actually, no, would it's surprising. No, no, it's you not have because... six whole movies and you didn't get Tank Girl back. No, 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 because I, I went, I went into some, some deep areas, some deep you sure cuts. did. Yeah, because for my, for my sort of filmed in Arizona movie, and I think actually, ironically, it's been a long time since I've seen this. I think it's actually the Southwest that they're in is, is actually. They're supposed to be in New Mexico, but they actually shot it all in Arizona. And now, you know, it's flip-flopped for most movies. But this was actually shot in Tucson, Arizona, Cave Creek, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona, Carefree, Arizona, Marana, Arizona. And there's actually a, in IMDb, in the filming location, somebody actually has the address of one of the homes that was where a lot of the movie takes place. So if you want to go to 44029 North Spur Cross Road, Cave Creek, Arizona, you, you can just visit. doxed somebody. <laughs> it's an IMDb. <laughs> it's the, it's the, it's the Schlichting residence. Does that tell you what movie I'm talking about? Do you know what movie I'm talking about? I, I don't. I know. This is 1996 David O. Russell flirting with disaster. Oh man. Oh, I do. Yes, uh, and the, you just look at this. You don't get movies like Ben Stiller, Patricia Arquette, Taya Leone, Mary Tyler Moore, George Siegel, Alan Alda, Lily Tomlin, Richard Jenkins, Josh Brolin, Thanos yeah. himself. Uh, yeah, you know, 22 years ago, a young man and his wife and his incompetent caseworker travel across country to find his birth parents. And it's it's David O. Russell when he was in a very different phase of his career. This is sort of the the early... Uh, David O. Russell, I think, gets often overlooked and forgotten uh, because of the direction he's gone with some of his more, I don't know, serious fare. He was he was playing around with with quirky comedies for a while, and yeah. uh, this is this is one of them. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my let's film it in Arizona pick. Uh, okay. And the other side of that is let's set a movie in Arizona and film it in New Mexico. And uh, one of my favorite films uh, from past few years sicario which says at one point they when they break into the house in the beginning chandler arizona and i think andy and i both said yeah that's not what chandler arizona looks like clearly they're not here in arizona <laughs> uh that was it was new mexico uh but that movie began with a setting in arizona and they're supposed to be at luke air force base which is out near andy and Andy's like there's nowhere i said yes i know and we we both just 
grit our teeth and say, why Arizona, when you've got movies that want to be here, do you not allow them here? So what I'm so. hearing here is that you have one list of Arizona movies, and then you have Steve's list of spite as your yes. second list. <laughs> well, except for my, my, my final pick on that list, which you'll okay. see goes at someplace else. All right. Well, I, uh, I, I, have, I have a final pick. Okay. And uh, if you remember to a few minutes ago, uh, I did uh, Be Kind Rewind, which was a bonus pick that I hadn't intended to do, but deep down I'm glad it happened because there was that looping mechanism, right? Mm -hmm. The looping. We had the Mia Farrow connection yes. between the okay. Purple Rose of Cairo. Oh, You're yeah, familiar yeah. with the looping. It's the inception list of, yes. of movies. Well, I'd like to do the same thing here. Okay. Uh, you'll you'll remember my number three pick was 1976, A Star Is Born, which was uh, shot in uh, all over Arizona, but also Sun Devil Stadium. Yes. My final pick. I'm going to take us to uh, what some might call a little bit of a maudlin, uh, maudlinly sentimental, uh, but it's still a favorite film of mine, and I can't believe I haven't shown it to my family. It's Jerry Maguire, 1996, uh, and I, this is, I, I really enjoy the feeling I get from this movie, and I, I'm inspired by it. It's part of my, uh, uh, it's part of a series that I would watch with, let's say, Secret of Walter Mitty, uh, the, that, the, the feeling of coming into your own and discovering who you're, who you're meant to be in the world, uh, professionally, personally, I, this movie, I think captures it very, very well. I am a fan of Cameron Crowe movies and I know that I am a bit of an Island there. I have, I, I also know that you join me on this Island. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm hopeful that you are a fan of this movie as well. The Arizona connection, uh, it, it's oh, mostly yeah. filmed yeah. in, in California, but taking yeah. us back right to A Star is Born. Uh, at the end, he's yeah. dreaming about, uh, you know, um, or at the end, the, the final football game uh, is uh, played at Sun Devil Stadium uh, at ASU. And uh, so there you go. So it's, it, it's like another movie that I didn't bring up, which is Raising Arizona. When High is dreaming about Nathan Jr. playing football, we should totally have, I, should, I, I feel like there's this giant loop of Sun Devil movies that we, we should have just done all <laughs> movies that take place at the stadium. Oh, we, we could do that, I think. Uh, movies that take place in Arizona that are also, also about Arizona, about people in Arizona, named Arizona. <laughs> oh, Jerry Maguire. Yeah, Jerry Maguire. No, not, not, You're not so a much fan? for me. Well, it's been a long time since I've seen it, and I, I struggle with Cameron Crowe. There's some of films of his that I, I really enjoy. There's others that I'm, I'm challenged by. And this is one where, and it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember on seeing this that I just, I had a lot of trouble buying the, the relationship piece because to me, it seemed like he was so career driven. It just seemed like to me, he was using his secretary all along the way and the whole you complete me thing. I just, I didn't buy into that to me. So I, I need to perhaps see it again because for me, it was all about Jerry and getting his things in, in great. He took advantage of this woman that saw a, a career opportunity. And to me, I just didn't buy the, the, the relationship there, but it has been a long time, but that that's, that's my obstacle to that. Yeah, it was more I, about his, his career in that and that I just don't buy the, 
Well, it totally thing. is. Yeah. It, and yeah. in, in that regard, it's it, yeah. I mean, it, it I, I guess it doesn't quite hold up quite as much, but it's also it is a movie about his career. You know, so. Oh, yes. Oh, no, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course yeah, no. It's about his career. Oh, yeah. But exactly. I, uh, you know, I'm I'm with you. There are a couple of Cameron Crowe experiences that I don't have uh, uh, quite as much joy in. But the big ones, you know, say anything. Yeah. That's the one that was most disappointing on rewatch that that didn't hold up as as much as I'd hoped. Uh, and, and I know that they're, you know, it, it's one of those movies I shouldn't have watched again. We did it on the show yeah. and I shouldn't have watched it. I, I enjoy the memory of it better. But singles, Jerry Maguire, almost famous, mm-hmm. Vanilla Sky. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and, and then we bought a zoo and Aloha. I was not, mm. I was not yeah. into those experiences. But right in the middle there, Vanilla Sky, almost famous, Jerry Maguire, that's, those are, are three movies that I think are are strong and I enjoy my experience there. I'm I'm with you on 33% of that list. <laughs> okay, the island is okay. shrinking. Yes, it it's is it's here. the Cameron Crow Fortnite experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Get yourself into a shopping cart and, and hide in a bush. Speaking of 33% of our list, so we give, we give me the last uh, 33% of yours. <laughs> Okay. Well, you 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 got to the you got to one of them there, raised in Arizona, uh, because it is shot here in Arizona. It's you know all about Arizona. Uh, I was living in uh, the northern suburbs of Chicago when this movie came out, working in a video store. Uh, when I moved out here to Arizona, and people are like, "Oh yeah, there's that. We can I can take you right to where the the whole showdown is uh, in the street where he's fighting." You know in the streets and everything they're like oh yeah it's this little town right here you know and so i've driven through different parts i know andy knows a lot more of the locations around town where this was filmed but it's just such a it's it's classic within our household uh but so that's our you know filmed in arizona in terms of set in arizona i'm gonna loop back to my trailer pick actually sort of thematically of when you're thinking about Movies in the Southwest, and I'm thinking about uh, strong women. Uh, there is no greater film uh, than Thelma and Louise. And to me, that just, when I was looking at my picks, I said, this is how I have to end everything. It, it brings everything back around. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it's one that I think uh, I'm looking forward to watching with, with my girls on this one. Uh, so to look and revisit uh See how far we've come, perhaps how far we haven't come uh, as a country to see how relevant uh, their story still is today. I I need to see it again. I It's been too long, I am sure. I am also sure I was probably not in a great place when I saw it, and that Im- influenced my uh, experience with the movie. Um, I, I don't have a great memory of it, and as such, I saw it once and just kind of moved on. Um, it, it, but it's one of those movies that whenever I say that, I am <laughs> resoundingly rebuffed that I need to go see it again. You know, shut up and see it yeah. again and then come talk to it. Yes. See exactly. it as a grown up and, and oh, yes. see what you think. Yeah. Because I was, uh, I guess, what is this, 90, 90, 91? 91. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I was. You were just some punk little teenage kid, weren't you? I Well, I was, uh, I, you know, I was in college. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so that's something. So you were almost an adult. You thought you were an adult. I, I was a time. pre-adult. Yeah, yeah. Pre- pre-adult. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I'll see it again. I don't have a great memory of it, but it is. Yeah. It, it has all of the other things that I should have, like all of the other pieces. Ridley Scott, Susan Sarandon, Gina Davis, Harvey Keitel, Young Brad Pitt. Br- young Brad Pitt. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
all the things that I should really like. So yeah. Uh, anyhow, there you go. What that now? That's that's a heck of a list. That right yeah. there. There's nine movies on our Arizona list. Yeah. That's a good list. Well, well played, Steve. And so, we, it, where are we go going? Ahead. I don't know. Oh yeah. Well, this I don't is know what you're... you haven't seen. <laughs> I haven't seen. Which... So you just you pick things. I'll say, yep, okay, oh. yes, sir. You... Okay, <laughs> let's talk this about is... being authoritarian here. You just this you just is decide. The detective. Oh, this is a detective, right? This That's is what Frank Sinatra, right? It's Sinatra, and he's playing yeah. a character uh, by the name of Joe Leland, and it is based on uh, a book by Roderick Thorpe. Now, it is. The book that came immediately before the Roderick Thorpe book on which Die Hard is based. And oh. the, the John McClane is, uh, it was renamed John McClane, but the original character was, was Joe Leland. So Sinatra is effectively playing the prequel John McClane. He's playing Bruce Willis. <laughs> and you know what? To me... The spirit of those characters is right in there. Uh, there's not as much act action in the detective, but uh, okay. uh, but uh, it is it deals with some very heavy, heavy things, uh, particularly for this. I mean, it's gritty for 1968, and uh, I I really enjoyed this movie. Um, so I yeah, I would put it high on the list of things to to check out. If you're if you're going to dive into this, Steve, you, okay. you should start with start with a detective uh it, it's it's great now what we want to do about that um i think andy when he lobbed this into our laps uh he actually suggested a few things um oh wait a minute coogan's so he suggested coogan's bluff stuff but that's not what we're what's going live this week yeah oh, that was from a week ago Coogan's Bluff already went live, though. Coogan's Bluff is out and is in the wind. So that's why we were doing the list for, I don't know. What's next? So the next one in the series is The Detective. Is The Detective. So we're in the right track. We're in the right spot. Yeah. So The Detective. So we have, you know, cops in New York. It's a murder investigation. Uh, um, It it deals with heavily with homophobia um, and, um, uh, you know, uh, a penis gets cut off. Spoiler happens in the first like five minutes. There's a penis cut off and left on the floor. Sinatra says, "Make make a note. Penis is cut off and lying on the floor." That's we, we not a, a Sinatra for, line yeah. you expect to. No, that's, to that's stick not going to get head. us a far far list there of yeah. severed yeah, genitalia. Now that's not going to get us far. There, uh, there is a whole angle of of like wrongful wrongful execution. Oh, right? okay. There's an, there's an electrocution in it that is that's uh, uh, that is not uh, right, um, and uh, but I, you know if you haven't seen it, there's there, that might be a little bit of a spoiler, just a little bit, a little bit of. But um, so, are we dealing with police corruption? Is that sort yes, of a go-to? Yes, definitely police okay. corruption. Yeah, okay, absolutely. It's the, it's the it's the gritty '60s, so you've got you know questioning the authority you know authority structures so it would make sense that we'd have some police corruption in there um so we've got a detective we've got police corruption we've got according to imdb uh wrongful conviction or wrongful arrest wrongful execution so we've we've got that possibly as well although i i think we can i think we can keep that separate from police corruption Uh, yes i think so too um, don't want to um, do homophobia as a theme. Not not something I'm really looking 
into no, spending time I, getting but into. But it, it is one of those. It's it's um, kind of central yeah. to to this. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, it could movie. be. Yeah. Uh, um, or or IMDb. And this is interesting that there's a distinction between bra and panties and black bra and panties <laughs> in the list. <laughs> Thank you, IMDb. Your precision, yeah. as always, yes. astounds. <laughs> and punched in the face. Okay. So you know there is uh, one of the keywords on IMDb is nymphomaniac. Uh, and oh. weirdly, that's right in there. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So uh, I, I know you've been looking at talking about Nymphomania, the movie, for some time. Oh, uh, gosh, no. That, that's part of your tree of life. Uh, <sighs> no, And then Nymphomania no, back-to-back. No. Birthday no, celebrations. So. Just stop. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So for dealing with homophobia and Nymphomania, is it, would it be... Safe to maybe have a, a broader umbrella that would would cover both of those of I guess how would I say deviance? Uh, I don't want to say deviance because that's got certain no it has connotations connotations yeah. but I guess sexual behavior that's outside the socially accepted uh, at the time. So I I would say I don't want to say fringe either, but I guess that's it's getting there of of less than mainstream sexual behavior. I don't know because I want to that's deal with, with ironically that. not a very sexy topic. No, it's we can, not. We can we it, can market that better. <laughs> we can market that better. It up. But <laughs> homophobia and infomania and fringe. And, okay. So, um, but uh, yeah, but something we could wordsmith that a little bit. I think that covers you know attitudes about you know gay culture or other you know. Yeah, sexual deviance, I guess. But in, yeah. in the period, in the in the yeah. period, yeah, because of yeah, I think you look at different eras and different things are considered controversial. Like, well, oh my, oh my goodness, she's exposing her ankles. It's the nineteen yeah, twenties. Right. Yes. Right. Well, and that's one of the things that's most interesting about this is where they put Frank Sinatra as yeah. kind of the defender of uh, of you know progressive uh, yeah. Belief. And, yeah, uh, yeah, interesting. So it ended up being a, a really interesting uh, kind of perspective. So uh, we definitely have police corruption movies. Yes. Uh, we have wrongful executions. Sure. In movies. And the, all I have is fringe sexual behavior. There we go. There you go. All right. All right. Yeah. There we go. That's going to be, I, I wonder where the patrons will go. I don't know. This is again speaking of chumming the water. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where the, where their interests lie. Because I often wonder if this is the uh, let's use the vote to force the judges into something they don't want to do. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Believe me, they can hear it in your voice, Steve. Yeah. Okay. I'll take on any challenge. I'll find ways to celebrate each of these themes. There you go. Not bad, Steve. We did it in okay. uh, just a little bit over an hour. Two whole lists. Two whole lists. Yeah, well, actually, three. Because, uh, oh, yeah. So, three. so I guess I could say my my produced in Arizona was my honorary Andy Nelson list because I I know that that's something he you know is very much a proponent of of bringing film production back here into Arizona. So that's my honorary Andy list for this week. The honorary Andy list. Yeah. Outstanding. All right. Well, thank you everybody for uh, downloading, and listening to this. Thank you so much for being patrons and supporting the show. Uh, we sure appreciate it. And uh, you know, it'd be great actually. Tell a friend, tell a friend that they should become patrons and, uh, and, and help us out, help us grow the show. We could, we could use, uh, use a hand on that 
on that front. You could always use hands. So thank you, everybody. And uh, we'll catch you uh, this week. Thank you, Steve. Have a great weekend. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Get started today.